We are back on the Ramble Room. Once again, a full house. And I look around the room, and of course, I'm glad to have my wife here with me. Across from me, Tom Kelly. To my left is Representative Mark Jennings, House District 30. The slightly reshaped House District 30, I believe. I don't think that's to your left. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't don't think Mark's to anyone's (laughs) left. Yeah, he might be. He is a rhino, remember? (laughs) (laughs) Where's your clicker? <laughs> <laughs> and off to my right, the far right, uh, Mark Jones, Gun Owners of America. Welcome back. It's been a while. Hello, Ken. Good to be back from just down the road in Johnson County. It is good to have you. Which is your home? I just, just point that out. It is my home. You I live I, there. I and see the Bighorn Mountains every day. Yes. Believe it or not. I'm glad that, that you saw fit to invest in Wyoming. Glad to be here. So we have this new bill, which we're, I guess I could say, the governor has just signed. And this is the Second Amendment Protection Act. Would you give us just kind of a rough overview of what this, this is something that I love about this bill. It's short. Yeah. It's it's brief. It's short. There's not a lot of places where you can find glitches. And I think that was an advantage. Yeah, this bill... You know, Second Amendment Protection Act, uh, SF-102, essentially makes it illegal for state or local officials to enforce unconstitutional federal gun control. And it comes with with two potential penalties. Uh, they're misdemeanors, a $2,000 fine, and up to a year in jail. So it is, there's only nine other states that have anything close to this, so despite how strong or weak people may think this bill is, it immediately puts Wyoming in the uh, top 10 of the 50 states, unquestioning. Uh, you, can't, you can't question that. I mean, we can show you the, the laws from the other states. Right. Yeah. There has been some questioning of this whole process at any rate, and one of the chief criticisms of this is the idea that we all know that no county prosecutor would ever prosecute one of their good buddies in law enforcement. My question is, is there a precedence where that has ever happened? Uh, probably not under Second Amendment protection. Right. I'm, Act, I'm not talking just Second Amendment. But there's all kinds of corruption that's always been charged for, for long periods of time. Also, I, I wanted to point out that uh, this actually, people think about it just as being focused towards law enforcement. But actually, as we were doing that, we went back and picked up all governmental entities. Now, we did make sure that jurors were were left out of that. But outside of that, you could have a city council or a, a mayor or, you know, there could be any governmental entity does not get to come and violate your Second Amendment rights. It's not just law enforcement and I, I felt like that was a really good catch that we put in there um, because you could have that you could have a city or a county that would come forward and say ah oh, we're feds the feds made this uh, executive order or this rule and uh, we're gonna follow it and um, they would fall under it would catch them also so it's not just law enforcement so here's a question for both of you. If this law has a flaw, what is it? Mark, you want to go first? Or you want me to? 
Well, I, I think that on the... <clears throat> I'll go first. That way you can correct anything that I, <laughs> that I do wrong here. I think that, um, you know, it's been criticized over the civil penalty aspect, and it, it, it really is focused more to the criminal aspect. I, I think... Can you very briefly explain the difference between the criminal aspect and the civil aspect? No. That's what I was afraid of. Well, basically, Ken, <laughs> there's two different ways these laws work in America. And Missouri has chosen to use a, crim a, a civil path where a citizen can sue a department. Um, and that's perceived to be a pretty strong path. Idaho, which is perceived to have a pretty strong law, has a misdemeanor penalty similar to what Wyoming now has. And and that's a criminal penalty against an individual against the individual not, not the department who would enforce it, and both are dependent upon the court system in one way or the other. One is dependent upon a judge in a civil case; the other is dependent upon a prosecutor and judges in a criminal case. Um, so those are two different ways to do this, and and Wyoming's penalty is one of the stiffest in America: the criminal penalty of a year. Um, so. It's just important for people to understand there's not just one way to have a Second Amendment Protection or Preservation Act. Yeah, and I, yeah, actually, I think I could have gone along with that one. Um, I think the, the part that, that you were asking about the flaw in it is that we did not address the civil in this particular legislation. And um, one of the reasons that I think in Wyoming – the civil is already available, but I think it probably will not hurt us to bring that over and drag that into this law. And I think the flaw in it in Wyoming is the question of strengthening the standing for citizens. I think it's already available. From everything that I can see and people that I've talked to, you're – Immunity is, goes away if you're not um, following the color of law and, and your training and things of that nature. You're already um, susceptible to a, a civil suit. And so a lot of times those suits are not carried out very well because judges also make decisions that you don't have standing. And I, I think that in this law we ought to go back – probably this coming year, and, and drag what's already there, maybe strengthen that some more, the standing part, and and who knows, maybe the... Or at least at least highlight it yeah. and, and interpret what already exists yes. in the realm of this case so that an individual could not be determined by a judge not to have standing to bring a suit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's more in the standing realm if there's an issue, and that really is an issue in what's already available, um, I don't think, I don't think it's the Wyoming statute leaves no remedy. I think there is already civil remedy. Yeah, I agree with Mark. I think there's definitely we see law enforcement officers sued all the time when they break their when they break the law. You know, their immunity only protects them when they follow the law, follow their training, and follow their, their departmental policies. So if they violate SAPA, 
I think there's probably a path there, but I do agree it probably can be the standing thing could be addressed in a future session. And if in a perfect world, if we can get this law to where that's very clear, the civil path is very clear and the criminal path exists, that's the best of both approaches that are used in America in one state. So we have something to shoot for, no pun intended. Okay. Yeah. So for the, the listeners out there, um, what we're looking at here is there've been criticisms of, of Senate file 102 that, it was too weak. And so the entire bill should have been shot down and not become a law. And what you're saying here is this can be revisited and strengthened Absolutely. rather than just start from scratch with a whole new bill. Listen, the, the left does that all the time, but so does the right. These gun groups do that. That's how we, we um, repeal constitutional carry or gun-free zones so that people are able to carry... Eight years ago, there was a number of places where you could not carry. And um, in my eight years, we've repealed several of those, churches being one. And uh, there's, a, there's a number of places that now you can carry. And so, yeah, you can go back and revisit. And yeah. I would argue there's lots of places we should. That's done all the time. Constitutional carry in Wyoming was first for residents only. Then it was later true constitutional carry when the legislature extended that to non-residents. So laws are stair-stepped all the time. But I want to say one thing, Tom, to your earlier point. Those who have criticized this bill as weak have really misrepresented the whole debate. There were pros and cons to both bills. 87 died almost, you know, a month before this, in the very beginning Never of the made session. it out of the death drawer. Never made, well, it, it didn't make introduction. It didn't get enough votes yeah. to be introduced. So that we, we were forced by some groups and people to debate the pros and cons of these two bills. And a lot of the talking points were false that they were throwing out. And this idea that, it, that 102 is inherently weak is also false. It has the nation's strongest criminal penalty. Now, we can sit and debate how often prosecutors are going to prosecute police officers we can have a debate about that but prosecutors are elected okay and the part that that the opponents of 102 didn't want to talk about is the judges uh, judges would be involved in a civil path so either way you're dependent upon right. a judicial system so neither neither law was perfect so second amendment rights have been bolstered they've been strengthened in the state and there's opportunity to further strengthen them absolutely okay, so this is a win so yes no question this is a win it's not perfect but it's, it's absolutely a win it puts wyoming in in a group of only 10 of 50 states that have a significant law of any kind and and we we could debate whether it's the fifth best or sixth best or whatever but it's clearly we're only 10 states have anything close to this one of the complaints against one of the arguments against Senate File 87 had to do with what is called the severability clause. Can you explain that? Yeah, this was uh, one of uh, 87, the failed bill that kept being brought up through the whole session, unfortunately. Uh, Which the the other one with it was one House Bill 133. House Bill 133. They were mirror bills. They were mirror bills, right? Uh, we were. We were constantly barraged with this idea that because 87 was supposedly, in quotation marks, better, we should kill 102. But listeners should understand, 87 never made introduction. 
It wasn't on the table. 102 was on the table. And had 87 made introduction, it, it had a number of flaws. Our attorneys, Gun Owners of America, we have attorneys that argue in front of the Supreme Court and have for decades. And they analyzed this bill, and and we would have tried to support the bill and help amend it had it, had it made introduction, but it didn't. But it had a number of flaws. And one of those, it didn't have a severability clause. And it had a number of fatal flaws in it, like it, it, it essentially attempted to nullify the National Firearms Act and the Gun Control Act of 1986. And we have tried to do that in court. GOA has tried to do that in court, but we have failed. Therefore, this bill could have been struck down by the courts. The entire bill could have been struck down because of provisions in it and because it did not have a severability clause. So it had a, it had a major flaw in that regard. Well, the severability part, so that the listener understands it would have allowed the court to say this part is still intact right. and this part is severed off. Right. Otherwise, they could have and struck down the yes. entire bill. They, and they would have struck down the entire bill. Yeah. Wipe it out. There's a little bit of a football analogy that occurs to me. If, if you have a great defensive player like Vaughn Miller, and for some reason maybe Vaughn comes up hot on a COVID test so he can't play, so you bring out another player that is estimated to be a weaker player. The answer isn't kill the substitute player. <laughs> Don't let him play at all. The answer is you run with what you've got that is the best that you can get. And I'm not in, in that. The failure of the analogy is that one, depending on your position, one bill may be better than the other one. But by the time I got involved with this, there was only one game in town. Right. And my opinion is I'm going to take anything I can take, just like the left has done for years, as Mark alluded to a minute ago, and I'm going to push it. And then the next time out, I'm going to make it as much better as I possibly can. If, as the discussions go on over the next year, and you can bet they will, there are some viable discrepancies or problems that come up. We need to address those. This is a, this is a process it's not a one-time home run. That was the other analogy that I made on the other show. Mm -hmm. If you know, if we can't get a home run, we don't even want a base hit. Baloney, I'll take base hit every day. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> or we, or we just want to forfeit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The logic that we should somehow kill 102 because 87 was better, and I'm saying that in quotation marks because I think that we should not cede that point. But the logic that we should kill 102 because 87 was better, it, it just it's illogical because 87 didn't make introduction. It was never on the table. Yeah. Well, part of the um, argument I heard, this is the logic behind killing 102, and it was the idea that it was um, the, the rhinos were colluded with to have this fake SAPA bill to give rhinos cover in the primaries that conservatives would lose an issue because they could go then and campaign saying that they had protected Second Amendment rights. And then if this bill passed and became law as it has, then the issue is over. It would never be revisited again and we were stuck with a bad law. Why is that argument wrong? Well, as Mr. Jennings has already pointed out and Ken has already pointed out, you know, we're gonna have an opportunity next session to come back and improve the bill. Uh, we can and, look at, and as you pointed out, it does sometimes happen. 
It does happen a lot. It's happened with constitutional carry. It's happened with gun-free zones. Um, and, and again, this notion that 87 was, a, was greatly superior to 102 is false. 87 had another fatal flaw we haven't even talked about. The way it was written, it would have probably uh, put federal firearms license dealers in Wyoming in jeopardy and people that sell firearms. Um, they could have potentially been sued under the civil penalty for following what we all look at as normal procedures when firearms are sold, some of the federal requirements that are in place. So the authors of 87 made a number of fatal flaws. This was presented as the Missouri bill. It was not the Missouri bill exactly. And, and we know, we, we, Missouri's being sued in court. They were sued by municipalities. We filed a, an, an, an amicus brief to support Missouri in that process now Missouri is being sued by the Biden administration at the federal level as well, and, and we're involved in these cases. So uh, let suffice it to say that there was it's a false talking point to say 87 was massively superior to 102. So we need to put that aside. Again, we would have fought for that bill in court if it was the only game in town and 102 had died. We would have fought for 87, but, but 87 was not perfect. And we've got a decent bill. It's got a criminal penalty, and, it, and we can come together next January and all work together to improve what we've got. And, and Tom, the other part to your question about rhinos, listen, you're in a, you're in a legislature that is uh, predominantly held by rhinos. So if you're going to move anything forward, you're going to – if you'll go back and look at uh, – a number of the gun bills that this same organization of people have run, you'll find rhinos on that. Some of the very people that they claim are the worst rhinos have run it. Um, Constitutional carry. Yeah, there the, was the law that prohibits discriminating against firearms businesses. Lots of rhinos on those bills. There, there was a lot. And if you're gonna get a bill passed, a, a gun bill, you're going to have to have support from actually a number of factions. And um, if you don't, it's just not going to happen. So what you're saying there is that so-called rhinos quite often are on record as supporting gun rights. Yeah. In Wyoming. So the way to remove them from office in a primary is not to go that route, but to look at their taxing, their spending. There taxing, you go. spending, failure to protect health care, you know, pushing rights, yeah. things like that. There's plenty of things to go after. And I'm not saying that there's not sometimes gun laws that you could go back and look at that they have killed or st stuff like that um, but you're not going to pass anything without some of rhinos voting for it and, and just to be fair if a gun rights group is upset about this of course that's their issue though they're not going to be looking at other things such as medicaid expansion or tax increases or those right. types of things from from where i sit it seems like what should have happened was that these gun rights groups should have all gotten together and worked together in concert, and yet that didn't happen. It's my understanding that you reached out, when I say you, I'm talking about Gun Owners of America, reached out to other organizations prior to this and attempted to yes. do a, a joint. Ken, I started reaching out in June of 2021. Um, spent, I spent two days with two of the local board members of Wyoming gun owners who, who are, I respect those two local gentlemen to this day. Um, I spent two days with them and Cody 
I, I reached out through other channels for months. Uh, another representative of our organization that works for me reached out directly in Cheyenne. We were, we were turned away at multiple times. It was clear that the other group didn't want to work with us, so we, we are where we are. And I ran a bill three years ago and met this kind of resistance and and um they had in fact i i offered the the co-sponsorship the prime floor manager's place to a senator and i when i was rebuffed for having i guess allowed them to have gutted it which they did but we would have at least had a framework in place uh one of the this other gun group said uh, you shouldn't have run this and i said well why not he said uh, because you didn't come and get permission from us and i i made it very clear very clear i don't work for any gun organization i'm friends with gun owners of america but i don't work for them either i work for about ten thousand people in house district 30 so, and the people of wyoming so we're looking at an issue of Brand building and credit claiming, yeah, not practical significance in actually passing useful legislation. Yeah. Yeah. People who want to stand on front and say we did this—that's that's what frustrating and to me. And I'm I'm going to be the one to say this because I've already said it. I'm on the record for saying it. The only reason that I can see for doing that is to get the credit, and then if you don't get the credit, you trash the thing yeah. so that you can continue fundraising for another year or two. That's the only way that I can see it now. If some of you out there want to correct me, as I'm sure you will try, please do. But that's that's what you're, that's the appearance to those of us that are looking at this from the outside, is these these guys aren't really sincere about getting a bill. They're just sincere about fundraising. We, and we've I got a problem a, with that. And we've got an administration that, uh, boy, we we better yeah. we better take serious. And yeah. I want to do the best I can for the people of Wyoming. Yeah, and we listened to some people on the floor the last day that were trying to kill 102. And they said, I'm almost quoting this word for word, Biden may issue an executive order any day that attacks our Second Amendment rights. Kill Senate File 102. Think about the logic of that. Kill a bill with a criminal penalty of a year in jail against officials who would take away your Second Amendment rights because Biden might issue an executive order any minute, kill the bill. It made no sense. And it still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> 87 was dead four weeks before that comment was made. 133 was two weeks. Uh, and 30, Yeah, 133 gone. in the House, the mirror bill in the House was dead a couple weeks before that comment was made. So what kind of logic does that... I, I encourage people to look at the bills around America Again, only nine other states have anything even close to this. This is definitely between, it's, it's around the fifth or sixth best bill in America. Here's, here's my appeal, consider it personal or not. Everybody knows that I'm running for District 29, that I want to be there in Cheyenne to be one of the people with a vote on this sort of thing. I have every intention of bringing anything that I can to strengthen this and take it a step farther. I would work with anybody that is honestly trying to further the goal of protecting Wyoming's people. I'm frankly willing to let bygones be bygones. It isn't supposed to be about who gets the credit. It's supposed to be about what the results are. Yeah. 
What I would like to see is because I've seen social media light up, particularly around podcasts on this issue. And I've seen a lot of insults, veiled threats, name calling, uh, even like left wing cancel culture mindset of, of going after sponsors to shut up people that people disagree with. Why not come onto the podcast with us? Speak your side. Talk about this stuff. We have a room full of reasonable people here. We all seem to be uh, concur that this is a step in the right direction, although it's not the final step. So what can we do going forward to make things better rather than infighting? Well said. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, bygones are bygones. I think going into to the future, we ought to unite because the real enemy is the left. And, you know, Biden's doing something or his handlers are doing something more radical every day. We, we've got to, to stay together, realize who really is threatening our rights and our freedoms. And, and you know, we've got a decent bill now, and we, we, we can have a, a great bill next year. We can make it better. 